Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. We're your hosts, Matt Gunter and Bill Allen, and together we are breaking barriers through communication. Welcome back, everybody, to Simplify Jesus, where we are breaking barriers through communication. I want to start off with apologizing for this week. Uh, well, for last week, actually. Right. So we had a lot of stuff going on with, uh, with work and with church and uh, kids camps and youth trips and everything else that... Uh, we literally just did not have time to sit down and record an episode, mm-hmm. so uh, we apologize for skipping a week on you, uh, but we're back, and uh, don't see that happening again anytime soon, at least not till probably around June of next year, <laughs> <laughs> Right. but we'll, right. Try to, we'll try to plan ahead for that. <laughs> so last week, no, not last week, uh, week before last, we, we were talking about Joseph. We started the story of Joseph, and... and and the life that uh, he was, I guess you could say, right now cursed with, <laughs> right? Um, depending on how you look at it, but definitely humble beginnings for him. And uh, we talked about how he's clearly the favorite son of his dad, Jacob. And because of that, his brothers absolutely hated him for it. Mm-hmm. So much so that they plotted to kill him. And um, some of the brothers decided to sell him off into slavery instead of take Reuben's suggestion of just leaving him in the pit mm-hmm. because he didn't want to kill him. But when he came back to get him out of the pit, he realized he was gone. It would appear, or it's recorded that a group of Ishmaelite traders had uh, bought him for that. So now we're going to talk about this week, the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say. <laughs> the rest of the story. So these Ishmaelite traders, they uh, took him over to Egypt and sold him to a man named Potiphar. So this Potiphar guy, he was a uh, he was pretty high up in the ranks. Um, he was an officer to Pharaoh and the captain of the guard for Pharaoh. And so uh, the captain of the guard would have been similar to like the head of secret service, probably. This was Pharaoh's protection detail that he was in charge of, but he was also an officer in other areas. So high-ranking official and uh, definitely had an in with Pharaoh. So Joseph comes into the scene. He gets sold to this man Potiphar uh, as a slave. But even as a slave, everything that Joseph touches flourishes. Uh, Genesis 39 two says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, serving in the household of, of his Egyptian master. And so as a result, Potiphar gave Joseph more and more responsibility. And so basically, he was running Potiphar's house. Um, in fact, at one spot, it says that he had everything under his authority except what Potiphar wanted to eat. As far as his household goes. Now, Potiphar had his responsibilities with Pharaoh. He was still captain of the guard and, and an officer and all that. But as far as the house went, the only thing Potiphar said is, I want to have a hamburger tonight. And that was it. Uh, everything else Joseph took care of. Hmm. This was a big deal for Potiphar. As a high-ranking official, you can imagine he has lots of responsibilities. So he gets to offload all of that onto Joseph as far as everything at the house. But also for Joseph as a foreigner as someone coming in. I mean, this is a lot of respect, a lot of responsibility that's given to him, a lot of trust that's put in him and everything that Joseph touched from the time he got there until, well, things take a turn for the worse. Um, God blessed him and God blessed Potiphar's house because of that. And, and Potiphar's noticed it. So he just kept giving Joseph more and more to do. Does it record anywhere how long he had been in Pharaoh's kingdom, I guess, before he started getting all this responsibility? Um, did his, I don't it, recall it saying, actually, that first thing, like what made them say, hey, you slave, I'm going to give you this rank. 
it doesn't say anything specific, but it, the way it kind of sounded, the way at least I've always thought about it is that you can kind of give them a task and then, okay, that went really well. Okay, well, let me give you some more stuff and, mm -hmm. and kind of gradually built up. I think this was all, he was in Potiphar's house for a couple of years. So it wasn't a real, real long time, but it was, it was long enough that he had an opportunity to take on a lot. It was long enough that he was able to outrank the rest of the slaves. That's right. Um, even probably the ones that have, I'm sure they had slaves that have been there for years, but mm -hmm. you know, it, it, just thinking in it in those terms, you know, it says um, do everything unto the Lord, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't remember where that is, but mm -hmm. trying to remember that we're not here for our own purposes, but we're here for God's purposes. Mm -hmm. We noticed that from the beginning that yeah. that Joseph was he he realized he was there for God's purposes, mm -hmm. um, even as a kid. So. I can kind of picture him saying, okay, I'm here. This sucks, but I'm gonna make the best of it because I'm still here for God. Yeah. And that puts him in the position that he's in now. Well, and that's one of the interesting things that's recorded is that at every step of the way in Joseph's journey, people recognize that Joseph's God was the reason he was blessed. And so it tells you a couple of things. One is that Joseph was doing well, but also that Joseph was talking about Hey, I'm doing these things because God has blessed me because I, because I love God and have that relationship. And so therefore I'm going to do a good job with what I do. It tells you that was part of their conversation. And so, so it, his focus had to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And you know, when you think about where Joseph's at, I mean, this has got to feel like a mountaintop experience compared to where he was, you know, not too long ago, he was sold off by his brothers into slavery, his own flesh and blood. The only reason they didn't kill him is because they felt guilty about killing their own flesh and blood. Um, well, only because Reuben felt guilty right. about killing their own flesh right. and blood. The other, the other 10, as far as we know, they were all in on it. It was Reuben that stepped up and said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not so sure about that. And... And so that, that's the only reason he's alive at this point. But even in the midst of that, even in the midst of being a slave and going through all of this, being betrayed by his family, God's blessing him and everything he touches, right? But unfortunately, that's all about to change. And we're going to see this a lot in Joseph's life. You'll see a theme here. Uh, he has some mountaintops and some valleys. Uh, Don't think, we all? Yeah, right. If you think about his humble beginnings, it started off with the mountaintop of the dreams, right? Where he was the... He was going to rule over his brothers according to these dreams, and then he got sold off into slavery. So, well, that was his own fault. He shouldn't yeah. have told him. That's right. <laughs> keep that to yourself. <laughs> A message to the younger brothers out there: keep it That's to right. yourself. Uh, <laughs> but so, so here he he was apparently a, a really handsome guy. Because of that Potiphar's wife decided, yeah, I think I'll sleep with the slave. Which that I don't know what culture was like back then, but you know, I I guess that was her thing. So he stood by uh, his morals, knowing that God's way of doing things was the right way, and he refused, right? He realized that this would be the start of a bad series of events. If he let himself slip here and sleep with her, that this would not end well. Well, uh, and you said it to begin with, though. He realized that that was not God's way of doing things, mm -hmm. and that was, his, uh, that was his compass, right? Mm -hmm. And I think realizing it's going to create a problem for him was secondary to... No, this isn't what God wants for me. Right. He made the connection that when I do things God's way, I'm blessed. So if I don't do things God's way, like I'm I'm going to continue to do God's things God's way because he continues to bless me, right? It's mm -hmm. 
he he's choosing God first, regardless of what happens outside of that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's if if only we all lived that way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Genesis thirty nine verses eight and nine uh, say, but he refused. Look, he said to his master's wife. With me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in his house, and he has put all that he owns under my authority. No one in this house is greater than I am. He has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. So how could I do this immense evil? How could I sin against God? All right, so that, that's his perspective, is I'm not going to sin against God. but Or his master. Right, right, or his master. Um, he's He's been blessed, and so he's not gonna he's not going to mess this up. But his rejection wasn't taken seriously, and uh, she stayed after him uh, every day. And it, it's like a dripping faucet. If you've ever had a dripping faucet in the house, you just hear that tink, 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 <laughs> right? That's I can imagine that's kind of what he was dealing with here. Uh, now, I want to know why he didn't go to Potiphar and say, hey, dude, your wife, you need to back her up. She's going to get me in trouble. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder, I, I've wondered about that, you know, with, with the dynamic would he be blamed anyway? Mm. Like, you know, if, if that claim were made, um, I have to imagine as a slave, he didn't have a whole lot of social status, although he was obviously trusted. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he didn't do that. You know, Emily and I watch movies all the time or TV shows. And it comes to the scene where somebody's doing something wrong and we know watching it could all be fixed if you just told somebody mm-hmm. and it's over. But then of yeah. course there wouldn't be a show. <laughs> right. So there's probably a reason if, if he had just said, Hey, your wife's doing this, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be the rest of this book. For right. <laughs> right. Exactly. God does everything for a reason, right? Everything works together for the good. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's staying after him. And one day she comes up with this plan and that she thought was absolutely foolproof for getting what she wanted and getting him to sleep with her. So she sent all of the other servants away. So it's just her and Joseph and made this big pass at him. She grabbed him by his cloak and pulled him in, just practically begging him at this point. But he wiggled his way free. He left his cloak behind and uh, and ran away to get away from her, to get away from the temptation. Said, I'm not doing it. I'm staying out of here. I'm getting away from this. And that, yeah, I try to imagine... Well, we've all dealt with temptation before. Mm-hmm. Like that's some that is some strong moral grounding there at, at that point to say, Nope, I'm out. Yeah, I'm thinking being a slave, you probably didn't have access to many women. Sure. Um, now maybe as the head of the household he might now. He might have his own concubines, mm-hmm. who knows? Right. But I wouldn't think that he at least in the beginning had that access. So that temptation if he if he wasn't involved with anybody mm-hmm. would have mm-hmm. been extremely strong i would think yeah and and you think about it, so from from a social status standpoint of being a slave like you said but also culturally he's a hebrew man he's in a he's in a foreign mm-hmm. land does he even know the language well enough to interact and have you know some kind of social life so to speak i don't know probably not at this point yeah. um, and so yeah that's a, that temptation would be it would be rough and that's but like you said earlier, he had his convictions. He knew I am not going to cross this line. This is something I'm not going to do because I know what God's way is. And I think what something else is interesting here about that conviction is there was no law at this point. God had not said, you, know, you shall not have more than one wife or you shall not have, you know, sleep around outside of marriage. And none of that That's was right. really formalized at this point. Yeah, there's no Ten Commandments yet. Moses isn't in the picture yet. Right. And so... 
you know, the, these guys just knew because of their relationship with God, they knew, Hey, this is, this is how God made us to be and chose to chose to live that way. That's tells you a lot about the, the faith that these guys had. We had this conversation a little bit yesterday in Sunday school, you and mm. I did with the rest of the group Yeah, that, you know, people know right from wrong inherently. Mm-hmm. We just happen to have the 10 commandments. We have God's word to really spell it out and make sure that those gray areas aren't crossed. Yeah. Like you said, he just knew inherently that mm-hmm. wasn't the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have any record that God spoke to him directly and said, no, this is wrong. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. We are born with a moral compass and it just gets skewed over yeah. time. If yeah. you don't have that, that map guiding you. Yeah. And I think that goes back to, you know, if you look at the creation story, you know, God says that we're going to make man in our image. And so part of the image is that moral compass. It's the knowledge of good and evil. Once sin came into the world, the knowledge of good and evil, we have that inside of us inherently. The devil twists that around a lot. Mm, yeah. But you're right. We, we do inherently have that. So jumping back into the story here, obviously Potiphar's wife at this point, not happy about this development. Her moral compass is very different than Joseph's. <laughs> and so she made up a, a different story about the events that transpired. So she called in the other servants. She's screaming, crying. She told them that Joseph came after her and it was only when she screamed in distress that he ran away. Her evidence his cloak was still laying there by the bed. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah. Uh, imagine that. And so her claim is that when she screamed, he ran away and it was in such a haste that he left his cloak behind. And so she left the cloak there. She probably laid in bed, you know, just distraught, so to yeah. speak <laughs> until Potiphar came home, uh, just to keep the story going that she was so traumatized by, by this event. And Who so knows, maybe she ripped her own clothes or something and made it look even worse. And, why are women so deceitful? Not all of you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> People are deceitful. People are deceitful. Yes. I just, I don't understand her side of this story. I feel bad for Joseph in this and in, in having to deal with this. But well, Considering he's just short of perfect. I mean, not done anything <laughs> wrong other than ignorance and telling his brothers he's going to rule over him and all that. Maybe a little pride issue in there somewhere, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, probably some pride. But the guy's just gotten a bad deal. He's mm-hmm. tried to tried his best to do everything right. Right. And nothing seems to work in his favor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. It feels like all the time. And so, of course, when Potiphar comes back into the scene, he is not happy. And and, and who's he going to believe? Of course, he can, he's going to believe his wife. I mean, it's his wife. You know, and so from what he knew, this man who he had brought into his home who had been blessed and everything he'd done. So he had given him all this power, all this authority. Now this guy had tried to sleep with his wife. I mean, you know, if I were Potiphar in this situation, I, you know, I don't know that I would give Joseph the time of day either. I'm going to pick the servant or my wife. Hmm. Yeah. You know, that's, that seems to be a pretty easy choice there. Um, unfortunately for Joseph, he got the raw end of the deal. And so Potiphar, because of the situation as a whole and, and what he knew about it, uh, he threw Joseph in prison. So even though Joseph had a really good thing going, despite the circumstances, despite being blessed, all of that, back down in the valley, found himself in prison. Yeah. And again, I liked it when you said mm-hmm. one step forward, two steps back, because mm-hmm. that's really just how his life has been. And it's unfortunate. And we can all feel like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, I mean, let's take, I, I know a lot of people struggle with finances, right? And it seems yeah. like just when they start to get 
get their mm-hmm. get good footing, the, the engine goes out in their car, or <laughs> right. you know, or the AC goes out in the house, and there goes ten grand. And right. you know, and and we've been there. We've certainly done that. Sure. Uh, been been to where it just seems like we just cannot catch a break, no matter what. But as we say all the time, God works everything for the good, and and we are probably not as good. No, let me rephrase that. We are definitely not as good as Joseph was mm-hmm. in saying, I'm going to do things God's way. Yeah. I know I haven't been even in the last 10 years since I've been a Christian. Mm-hmm. Even probably this week, I probably <laughs> haven't done everything the way God would want me to. Right. Uh, but Joseph did, and he still got a, a, a raw deal. So no spoilers here, but it gets better. Mm-hmm. It's worse, but it gets better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and like I said, God works everything for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And Joseph was definitely called according to his purpose. Absolutely. And I think you bring up a good point that, you know, just because things aren't going well, um, does not mean that you're necessarily doing something wrong. Right. In two different places, Paul talks about it in Romans, I believe chapter five, and James talks about it in his book. He opens up when, in James chapter one, essentially saying, you know, rejoice when you go through tough stuff, because that's, testing your faith and that faith is going to turn into hope and it's going to help you have endurance going through life for the next round of trials. Mm-hmm. And so it is difficult to rejoice when we're going through tough stuff. I can't imagine being Joseph here and saying, yippee, I'm going to jail. Yeah. You know, that's, and, and, and that's not the expectation, but it's funny, you know, we're talking about this because the, the theme at kids camp that we were at was to choose joy. And so no matter what situation you're going through, Saying, okay, even though this is difficult, even though this is tough, I'm going to choose to have joy in Christ. And you can see that in Joseph's life, that no matter how bad things get, like you said, he always goes back to doing things God's way. He knows that's the better way. Yeah. Well, and he's not jumping for joy of going to prison, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But I'm willing to bet after everything we've read, even so far, and we're, what, three or four chapters in, I'm willing to bet that he is still saying, okay, God's got a purpose in this. That's and right. It's not going to do me any good to scream and throw a fit and be in complete despair over this. Right. And he can, as weird as this sounds, he can go to prison with his head held high, knowing <laughs> that he is truly innocent. He didn't do anything wrong. Right. He just got, he got caught at the wrong place at the wrong time. No fault of his own. It truly just happened to him. With all that being said, I think we've probably already mentioned a lot of this, but we always talk about how this the stories that we're reading, that we're going through, point to Jesus. And again, Romans 8, 28, right? Mm-hmm. No said, but you know, elaborate on that a little bit, Matt. Yes. Yeah, so one of the things that Jesus taught several times throughout his time on earth is captured in Matthew six thirty three. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. And we see that in Joseph's life, right? That he consistently chose to do things God's way. He sought out his kingdom first. And so even when Joseph was going through these tough circumstances and, you know, getting the raw end of the deal, he was always provided for. He always had what he needed. You know, the promise is not that... If we seek God first, we're going to be millionaires. It doesn't mean we're going to be, you know, super comfortable, cushy on our uh, yacht and whatever. Like that's not <laughs> with three jets in the backyard. Like that, that's not the promise. And, that, and, and, and I want to make sure that's clear. That's prosperity gospel stuff. We don't, we don't do that here, but the promise is that God's going to make sure we're taken care of. If we keep him first and we trust him and follow him, he's going to make sure that we're always taken care of. And so even though 
Joseph had a lot of tough situations. He never turned from God and God always made sure that he was blessed and he was always taken care of. Yeah, but what about all those people that say, yeah, you don't know about my life, though. You don't know how hard it's been. and Or, you know, or there's folks out there that are homeless and they they don't have even a place to, to lay their head at night. There's there's a lot of people out there. And, and that was a rhetorical question because mm-hmm. I, I know Matt will agree with me in this and in, in saying that even if everything looks bleak right now, um, God still has a purpose for you and is still going to use you. Mm-hmm. You just may not see how. Right. And this is a arbitrary situation, but just for example, let's say uh, I'm trying to think of the, the not worst case scenario, but the, the one that would be hardest to miss. Like mm-hmm. right? if I were completely homeless mm-hmm. um, and I've got absolutely nothing going for me, how could God possibly use me? Hmm. Well, maybe somebody gave me some food and because they had that kindness in their heart, it softened their heart enough to find Jesus. Hmm. Something as simple as that, mm-hmm. I think, could be a purpose that God could use somebody mm-hmm. for because it's all for his purpose, not necessarily ours. Right. And, and it's all about that perspective of, am I going to look at my circumstances and say, woe is me, me and my life is terrible, or are we going to say, okay... How can God use my circumstances for him? That's the perspective shift that we've got to go through, you know, because all of us can look at our lives and say, oh, well, I would change this. I would change that. I wish life were going this way, whether we're homeless on the street corner or we're a gazillionaire, that being fully content and fully happy doesn't happen. You're always going to want more. Mm -hmm. But how can God use me in my current situation to make an impact? And when you have that perspective, everything falls back into place. I've got to start writing all these things down that I see because it's completely applicable to what we're talking about now. Mm -hmm. But I saw something, Facebook, Instagram, I don't know what. Um, I was thinking it was the verse of the day. Um, But even the verse of the day today with my Bible app, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. That's on the front of my phone. Like, I didn't go look for that. It's just there. (laughs) It's just there. Um, That thing that I read um, said something along the lines of, um, you're never truly happy if you're thinking about yourself. You're mm. truly happy when you're thinking of others first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to give of yourself to be in a spot to where you can be completely mm-hmm. happy is the wrong word. Joyful. Yeah. Yeah. The I, And it's been a while since I've seen this, but the acronym for joy is putting Jesus first, others second, yourself last. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have, when you have that mindset, you can find true joy. Yeah. That and, like you said, we're always striving for more and we're never going to find happiness if, unless we're helping others. Um, but also, we're never going to find happiness unless we look at where we've been. Mm-hmm. You know, what have we done to help others? What kind of situations have we been in to where we've glorified God? When mm-hmm. we can look back at that and say, man, I've come a long way. Mm-hmm. That's when you can find happiness today. Well, and even looking at your own situation and saying, man, I have grown so much in the last year, the last 10 years. Mm-hmm whatever it may be, when you can look at yourself and know where you've come from, where you are now, it just, it can make such an impact, but too often we're focused on the right here, right now. What's not right. Either right here, right now, or the next 10 years. Right. Right. Yeah. What's your five-year plan? All about planning. I'm all for that. Uh, if you don't believe me, go back and check out our smart goals episode, but we're, we're all about that, but it's so important that we don't miss where we've come from and how far we've made it. And it's easy to do. It's so easy to miss that. 
So what's going on in the rest of the world while all this despair with Joseph is going on? So uh, while Joseph was in despair, Egypt in particular was actually in a pretty prosperous time. So uh, in the nation of Egypt, this was known as the Middle Kingdom. There were different portions of Egypt that were all together at one point and they were separated out into different clans and stuff. But now they were all kind of brought back together. Um, so real, really prosperous time. It started a couple of hundred years before this, so probably when... Abraham and Isaac were, you know, kind of more in their time frame uh, when when this started. But what we see a lot of now is it was a very prosperous time. So it was there's a lot more culture, art, probably why we have the slave trade that was going on. There was a lot more of that going on, which is probably how Joseph ended up here in the first place. Because there was more money flowing around, you could afford more, and mm -hmm. slavery was a thing back then, and so there you go. That's how Joseph ended up in Egypt in the first place. So the evidence of that is what we're seeing here, where you know Potiphar had a house full of slaves, and Pharaoh had um, all these resources. We're going to see Joseph when he takes over. Spoiler alert. Uh, we're going to see in a little while when Joseph takes over, he's got a lot of responsibility for this kingdom. But yeah, it was, it was a really good time to be in Egypt. Hmm. I still want to kind of go to Egypt now and check it out. Right. I've never been. I've never been. I would love to go see the pyramids, if nothing else. Yeah. That, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Well, very cool. Well, next week we're going to see, uh, as you just said, uh, Joseph's redemption from all of these hard times. And, uh, you know, he's in jail right now. But like I said earlier, it gets better. And uh, he does still end up as Pharaoh's right-hand man. So if you want to follow along with that, we're going to be in Genesis 40 and 41. And uh, there's going to be a lot to cover next week because there's a lot happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fast-paced story from from here on out through the rest of Joseph's life. But really cool turning point that we're coming into now. Yeah. And it's so cool to see how God's working through all these circumstances and you see the whole picture come together. It's like uh, the old A-Team quote, there's a plan in everything. <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good, old, good old Hannibal quote. I love it. That's right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. If you would, join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, got a Pinterest page going. Got a little bit on YouTube as well. Check us out there. Like us. Follow us. And you can find our podcast on our website, www.simplifyjesus.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you can't find us, let us know. We will make sure we make it out there wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Shoot us a note. Any comments, questions, or concerns at info at simplifyjesus.com. We would love to hear from you, good, bad, or ugly, whatever you got. Love hearing from our faithful listeners. And that being said, I guess we'll see you guys again next week. All right. Take care, everybody. And it will be next week, not two weeks from now. <laughs> That's right.